African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome here to African Dialogue with me, Benjamin Mushatam. It's 11 o'clock once again, Central African time. Uh, this is where we have big discussions on what's happening on the African continent. Well, today we're going to be looking at this new development bank uh, that was supposed to be officially launched in 2016 in China. And now there was also a center that was established last year in uh, South Africa. Where is this new development bank? What is it up? to is it doing anything is it effective how does it make yours and my life different a few years ago the new development bank uh, we know that it was uh, founded in uh, uh, 2016 in china the formation of the bank was an initiative by leaders of uh, the BRICS countries which are brazil russia india china and south africa to mobilize resources for development projects uh, in BRICS countries not only in BRICS countries but also it was aimed to facilitate uh, infrastructural and uh, developmental programs on other African countries as well. Uh, so it was supposed to be this uh, basis whereby uh, we're exploring various uh, investment ideas and innovative concepts on how we can facilitate uh, uh, development. And uh, we know that the, the branch of the Africa Regional Center uh, has been launched in Johannesburg last year in August. Uh, uh, really to facilitate the access to global finance by African investors and institutions. But last week, Oxfam uh, South Africa held a dialogue between the bank and civil society organizations to really find out what is going on right now. And it's a question that I should be asking because we've been following the story on this program for the last two uh, years, speaking to experts on this particular issue. Well, on the line, we've got guests to help us on this. We've got Dumisa Muleke, who is the Acting Director General at the New Development Bank's African Regional Center. I'm excited about that because I haven't really spoken to anyone from the African Regional Center before. So we'll find out what they're up to. We also have Nam Tlapniki, who is the Executive Director at African Monitor. And Marianne Buneventura goldman is a Project Lead for South-South Corporation at Oxfam South Africa. Well, let me start with you, Dumisang. Thank you for joining us on the program, making time for us. Yeah, good morning. Well, Dumisang, tell us, what are you guys up to? We really have heard about uh, the launch of the Africa Regional Center. We know a lot about the new development bank and war, its mission and what it aims to do. But since its establishment and since we've heard about the launch of the Africa Regional Center, we've heard little about what's been done by you guys. I mean, when you go on the website, you can't even find your numbers. So it's even difficult to locate even where the Africa Regional Center. So maybe because you're on the program tell us what you guys have been up to and what kind of projects you have been busy with since your launch yeah first uh, for for purposes of clarity we we are located in Johannesburg um, in in in, 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 in central 
Um, so we, our our first mission was obviously to establish the office uh, to set up logistics and to set up anything uh, and, and per the per the mandate of the bank to start looking at projects first and foremost in South Africa first as a place member country and with a view to identify a pipeline of projects uh, but projects that will also have a bit of regional integration uh, that would be in South Africa and, and, and other neighboring countries. So we've, we've been busy. Uh, we haven't made noise because when one is busy with feasibility studies and, 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 and project preparation work, there's no point of the noise. So our target has been that by the time we have the, the summit um, in, in July, we, we, shall be, we shall be able to announce a few, a few, a few things that we've been busy with. Uh, but also mindful of of the time and the and the resources, we have not been able to to do everything. So one has to focus and say what is it, what is the priority? Mm-hmm. The priority has been projects and we mm-hmm. projects. And so people have felt that we have not been we have not been available, but the the the, the priority and the, and the deadline uh, that's given with the with the, with the summit has been the priority and to to do projects. So. Timisang, uh, thank you for that answer. And I'm saying, is that good enough? You know, I've spoken to NAPAD, I've spoken to all these agencies that facilitate these investment programs for uh, uh, continental development. And uh, all the time when you speak to them, Namsa, they're always talking about feasib- one feasibility study after another feasibility study. Is that good enough to hear that answer from Timisang, Namsa? Thank you so much, Benjamin, for bringing me in and having me on the show. So um, speaking just from the perspective of African Monitor and civil society working within BRICS, we obviously have a couple of concerns. One, to say straight up that we certainly appreciate the progress that has been made by the New Development Bank. You'll know that the history of the multinational, um, multilateral system across the world is quite bad for development in Africa. And so our ambition and aspirations for this bank was the idea that there would be a southern-owned entity that actually aims to invest in large development programs or projects that would um, change and transform the lives of people. And so for me, a measure of being good enough, as you ask, would be to what extent are current investments meeting three clear criteria the extent to which they are putting people front and center in terms of how these investments will improve real life. Secondly, how they improve the, uh, the, the state of the economy, particularly in ensuring that they catalyze broad-based um, inclusive economies. And thirdly, the extent to which they ensure environmental sustainability. So we, one of the things we were asking last week is we want to have a real meaningful conversation with NDB about what are the projects that they actually have invested in in mm. South Africa. We know that they're currently working with ESCOM. What are they working on? Mm. To what extent are those projects actually intended to make sure that we were seeing improved productivity in our economy, but also that we are actually impacting directly in the lives of the people. And I am yet to hear a clear answer around how these particular specific programs are doing just that. So you didn't get answers when you guys sat around the table, Namsa? 
Well, I think that we had a really good start of the conversation. Um, I think that some of the thinking that has gone through in thinking about the principles that need to go to sustainable projects is very good. But we are nowhere near understanding where are these projects, how have they been assessed to make sure that they meet this three-level criteria, and how, what can we do to make sure that both current projects and future projects actually align with the principles that we've put forward. Okay, let me come to uh, Marianne, who is also joining us from Oxfam. You know, I, I, I do shows like this all the time, Marianne, especially with uh, the NAPADs of, of this world and uh, looking at uh, also some uh, African Union developmental projects. And uh, the real concern is what Namsha is highlighting here, that there's not real transparency. And when it comes to um, the, these projects, there's usually kind of a vagueness around them. And you find out a little bit later that a, a project has been finished, but you don't really know how it came about, where the investment came from who was involved in it was this uh, project people centric as was highlighted by namsha elia did it have good environmental impact uh, uh, processes that were followed uh, these things usually are vague that are very much uh, intra trade related marianne yeah thank you so much for having me on the show and i think you're asking all the right questions and i think as South Africa is chairing the BRICS this year, and as we go towards the summit, it's important to raise all these questions, um, in particular in relation to the project of the new development bank, because uh, I think that this is the, um, the, the main initiative so far that we see in terms of a concrete deliverable of what BRICS is all about and since South Africa joined the BRICS. So, you know, we've heard in dialogue last week um, some of real wonderful um, ideas and, you know, new projects focused on renewable energy. But I think now is the time that we actually engage South Africans. And I'm so pleased um, to have uh, had... Um, uh, to me as part of our, yeah. our, our, our meeting last week sure, to sure. express um, a, a potential partnership engaging with civil society. Mm-hmm. I think It's a know, good start because uh, with these projects, uh, yeah. there's never that engagement, so that's a good start. Indeed. Um, and, and I think one of the questions to follow, um, as we had understood that the projects are aiming to have a, a six-month turnaround um, cycle in terms of, you know, from the project design to the end. So in the NDB's aspirations to be lean and green in its um, ambition to support sustainable development and green projects, how is it that, you know, with this very quick turnaround time, there is actual enough time for consul- meaningful engagement, consultation, project selection, engagement of non-state actors, including, you know, what's involved in in lengthy impact uh, assessments. Can that really, all of that be done in a a six-month period? Um, Yeah. 
Well, I'm going to take a quick break, and uh, I'm really glad that Dumisang also joined us for this particular show. Uh, thank you, mate, for coming on board. Uh, we're looking at uh, the uh, New Development Bank. We know it has an Africa Regional Center right down from where we are. I can still see Sanson from where I'm sitting here in Auckland Park. So there's somewhere there. And uh, what have they been doing in the last few months since their establishment? And uh, we have the African Regional Center are joining us, uh, which is really where uh, the and the hub of uh, uh, these projects will be um, facilitated from. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back with our guests to continue this discussion and maybe move away from the vagueness and really get into specifics of uh, what are they envisioning? What are concrete things that we can say as me, as an African, can say, well, ah, this is a project that I heard about uh, a few months ago. It's interesting that to see it unfold and it's part of the development of the continent. Let's deal with those uh, questions after this. This is Channel Africa, South Africa's official international public radio station on shortwave, internet and satellite. From an African perspective, Guess what? You can now listen to Channel Africa using Silozi, Chinyanja, Kiswahili, Portuguese, French and English, giving you an African perspective. Hi, my name is Tandalunyenzovo and you are listening to Channel Africa. We love Channel Africa from an African perspective. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective. Channel Africa, giving you the African perspective. Thank you for joining us on our various platforms. Remember, we're on DSTV on the audio channel 802 on the audio bouquet there. And if you're listening to us online, thank you. If you're listening to us within the continent or outside, we're on www.channelafrica.co.za. Today we're discussing, has any progress been made within the New Development Bank? We know, as I've been mentioning, that uh, uh, there has been the Africa Regional Center that was aimed to actually fast-track things, being the hub of uh, where um, finance from uh, investors and institutions will actually be facilitated and also the administration of the various developmental programs. And we know this is aimed at strengthening infrastructural and developmental projects on on the continent, not just uh, the BRICS uh, countries themselves. And let me come to you, Dumisang. Thank you for giving us your time. We really appreciate it. We'd love to also maybe spend time with you guys. Maybe next time we can broadcast live from the Africa Regional Center. If the, it'll be awesome to see what you guys are engaging with there. But Dumisan, coming from you, there, there are concerns here around these issues and the transparency issue where we know as citizens where these projects are happening, what will be embarked on. Um, some other concerns that were brought by Namtla were the fact that we need to make sure that these projects are pro-poor and have a people-centric uh, approach to it and where they're going to be operating and in, some, in terms of uh, uh, looking at the socio-economics of where uh, those projects will be facilitated. And also we want to know, get more of an um, understanding of what kind of projects are happening. Uh, why isn't that process taking place yet? 
Yeah, so firstly, let, let me mention the, the one key thing is that the job of the of the banks and the ARC is not to replace the job of government. Um, it is to support government. So first and foremost, the, the projects that we, we are supporting are projects that have been identified by government that government brings to us for, for support. So it's very important to, to, to understand that we will never replace the interface that is inherent in the relationship between a government and its people and its constituency. So that's very important to understand that the bank will never override that. Uh, and, and therefore, the, the relationship and, and the issues around concerns about uh, participation, uh, empowerment, and, 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 and all other socio-economic issues that must be taken into account. Sure, sure. The ownership of that still rests with government. Okay. The bank will not replace government for that. The bank is committed to all of those principles. A key, 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 key aspect of the bank's work is sustainable development. And sustainable development, by that we mean development that, only, that not only advances human human conditions, but protects the environment, protects human life. And, and take into account all of those. So it's not only about bricks and mortar. Yes, bricks and mortar are important, but mm. also the human condition is important. Improving sure. the human condition is important. And that, that entails both uh, well-being, jobs, economic well-being, uh, and empowerment of people and their ability to take care of, their, of, of themselves and, and, and be strong. So the projects that we are, we are, we are looking at are, are we're looking at through the prism of, of, of sustainable, sustainable development. And, and, and therefore, in mm. that sense, you can, you can then trust that the, the bank's uh, perspective, even as we engage with government and, and the projects that we are likely to support, we are looking at them through that, through, 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 through that prism. Um, so that we, we, we don't, but we can never be a replacement for, for, for government. And that's also the question about timing. Sure, well, sure. That when, when, when a project has already been done by government and it comes to us, our interface with government is the one that we will take, we commit to, to, be, to move with speed. Mm. Uh, so that when government goes back to these people and says, we have engaged with the development bank and we are waiting upon them, we can safely say that we will come back within a shorter period of time so that that which has been identified as priority by government and meet the criteria that we, we, we've already developed and engaged with government upon, mm. we, will, we, will, we, will, we will take forward and consider within the first piece of time. So we can sure, sure. I understand the, that concept, but can you give us examples, uh, Dumisang, of maybe one or two projects that uh, are underway that you can just give us briefly so we can understand the type of Look, scale we, you're working we, on? We, in terms of, in terms of, for example, we had long agreed um, with with the energy sector for 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 support to to, to the renewable renewable program uh, okay. in the in the country where 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 they move uh, to to bring more cleaner technology and cleaner and cleaner aspects to to to, to do that. So we are we are engaging with, uh, with 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 the necessary utilities in South Africa to get to get support in that program. So that's a clean energy. It has jobs, it has that, and it's a government program that is, that is supported by, 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 by government. So we, we would not have picked it up until government said this is an idea for us and this is an area. So we're supporting government in that, in the, in that, in, in, in that regard. And that program talks to a whole lot of issues containing sustainable development, about empowering communities, about, about job creation and, 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 and cleaning the economy and, and, and balancing the, 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 
the, the, the environment. So we, 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 that's just one project mm, we, mm. we can cite. The, the ambit of the bench work is, is it, it includes transportation, it sure. includes uh, it includes energy, it includes uh, water. So so over over time, as as the work of the bench proceeds, we we will we will announce and you will see the types of projects that we are we are, we are engaging in that we will be funding in those in, in those areas. And I think those are key areas sure, in the space sure. to improve the quality of lives of people, clean clean uh, clean water. Uh, availability of 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 electricity, the ability of people to move from one point to another mm. uh, as they as they engage in economic livelihood, and the ability to promote job creation in the in the in the in, in that space. So those are the the, the areas that we we largely will be will, will be looking at, uh, especially within within the context of 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 energy development as well. So, um, Namsa, from your perspective, from where I'm sitting, and I, I love the answers that I'm getting from Dumisang, but there seems to be a subjectivity in terms of how the facilitation of these projects will be done and who has access to uh, the bank itself. Is that a problem, the fact that uh, it's so government-centric uh, that those funds will only be able to be um, accessed through um, government ideas and government's vision and and where will uh, normal s- society engage with the bank's uh, development, uh, de- developmental ideas? Isn't this a rigid way of doing this kind of uh, uh, um, developmental projects where you almost exclude um, society and the projects that you're embarking on? Uh, uh, your question, I think, is spot on. Um, to start off with, the principle of and national ownership, in other words, governments being able to own the ideas they are coming to with the bank and the proposals they are making is a, is a fair one. Because one of the things we have not liked with the multilateral system is the fact that ideas are imposed from the top. So that makes sense to an extent. But let's break it down a little bit. First of all, the bank has an incredibly important role to play in developing the type of criteria that align with the three core principles of of people, prosperity, and environment. So even if a government comes and says, we want to build a nuclear plant, if that does not align with the new development goals and the principles that we espouse through the bank, then the bank has no business approving a contract like that. So as much as I think I agree with Dumi that, yes, the governments decide what projects they want to bring to the fore, but the bank has every right and responsibility to say no thank you if governments are proposing things that actually don't align to these three principles. One of the things that we are facing as a problem right now is that we are totally blind as citizens to the processes that happen behind closed doors around the approval process. So we are told in principle that yes, we have a sustainability strategy and yes, we have criteria that we follow. But because we have no way of engaging with the bank, we have no way of engaging with our governments, we are completely blind around whether or not this is transparent, whether or not everything is aligned to the type of principles we want to see. The way that the African Development Bank has addressed this is that they actually have several committees set up in order to assist in shaping how investment decisions are made. One of those 
um, committees is what is called the Civil Society Reference Group. That is actually 50% um, uh, civil society key leaders and 50% members of the bank who are responsible for particular programs. And that makes sure that not only is there transparency, but there's a proper process of consultation to make sure that indeed the criteria that should be followed to make sure that we are building a new, sustainable, inclusive world is followed in ways that are transparent and, and accessible to citizens. I think it's hugely problematic that right now, ESCOM, according to the website, ESCOM has a $180 million um, loan that came from the bank. None of us knows where that loan went. We know that ESCOM is going through significant problems right now in relation to mm. its investments, the types of investments it's making, but also just corruption issues going on there. Would it not be a shame if those funds were going to support these un, um, uh, undesirable activities that have sure. been taking place within ESCOM? And shouldn't the bank be interested in saying, how do we make sure that we build in systems that promote transparency, accountability, in the way that it actually has mm. um, stated mm, in its mm, own mm. strategy, just so that we can make sure that the investments are impactful, effective, and efficient at the end of the day. Timisang, your thoughts on what Namsla is highlighting there? Um, we do have issues, especially when it comes to ESCOM in South Africa. We know it's already there's an inquiry happening in, in Parliament around that particular issue. How do you make sure that uh, uh, even the procurement process of acquiring that particular loan is actually going to be utilized at its maximum process? Yeah, the, the, unfortunately, on the on the on the ESCOM loan, the, the bank had not yet uh, dispersed, uh, and partly one of the reasons why we had not yet dispersed was to was precisely because the the bank uh, is looking at specific projects. So as you might you might know, there's been a delay in the in the renewable energy program, and because of that, there there would have been a mismatch between what the bank wanted to do and the project that the bank wanted to support. Okay. So as a result, there had not been a there had not been a, a disbursement. It's only now that. Okay. Now that there's policy certainty around that, but the re-engagement is, is, is intensifying because we now know that there's an alignment of interest and alignment of objectives between what the loan is going to do and what and the project that is going to, okay. is going to, is going to support. Um, and, and I think in, in terms of the, the, the other modalities of, of, of operation, so one has, to, one has to be appreciative of the fact that the bank is a relatively a young institution. So sure, it's sure. Years. Uh, so in a sense, uh, between the process of moving and, and, and getting and getting visibility and getting things going, as we grow, uh, our engagements with civil society and, and, and we are learning also from other sure, sure. institutions. So one has to find the good and the bad in in, in, in all the practices and and, and, and improve the, the thing. As it is, the bank has been focusing on trying to differentiate itself and, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and making sure that we are we are we are, we are different. And it's a point that I think some members of civil society will also acknowledge in terms of how we, we, we approach those things. But over time, we will. We will obviously improve as we also learn as an as an institution in terms of how we 
how 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 things work on the on the on, on the cloud. But sure. they 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 they, they certainly a, a commitment to, to that. And the bank is very is very strict on 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 things like that in terms of corruption, in terms of maladministration and all that. So it's certainly not something that the bank will will will, will set itself apart right. as as it promotes all of that and, sure. and, and sure. stands outside the community of of of, of other interests that are interested in in, in that because it's, it's in our interest sure. to, to make sure that the, the resources that we mobilize uh, are, are served and, uh, and are used for the intended for the intended purpose. Marianne, let me bring you in. What are your thoughts? Marianne, are you there? Yes, sorry. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you clearly. Go ahead. Yes. Um, yeah, thanks. So, no, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear, um, you know, uh, the feedback in terms of the importance of, of accountability from, from what I understand the conversation is to be. And especially I think it's, it's important um, that, that everybody knows that uh, the funds that are, that are being, that were used for its initial paid-up capital which is in the form of actual equity up to $10 billion, are, are, are from BRIC citizens and taxpayers. Mm. Um, and, and from that, I think it's, it's really important that, that the, this new bank be extremely uh, transparent and accountable in terms of where the funds go. And I also want to, you know, raise the issue that, you know, last year seven projects were approved um, and to the, the value in 2016 of $1.5 billion. Mm. And, um, and now we hear that there is many as 11 projects. Um, but there has been, um, as, as highlighted in the conversation, um, no consultation about which projects. Um, and some of the concerns from civil society is there is this possibility of funding coal projects, um, nuclear projects, and um, you know, if we are looking at the sustainable development agenda, you know, that, that doesn't resonate. And um, we would like to, to hear more about how we can actually, uh, the, the NDB can promote a just energy transition to a carbon-free economy. Um, you know, that at the end of the day are some of the, the key issues when we're looking at now this, new, this, this um uh, 2030 agenda, the SDGs, right? Mm. Um, and also, given the, the situation of the water um, disaster, the, the drought, it's now been declared a national disaster um, in South Africa. Um, given that water is one of the priority sectors, um, is this also something that, that can be looked at? Um, and, it, and it would really be important that we have this um, this open discussion and, um, and not only consultation, but, you know, a real engagement with civil society as an equal partner. So if the NDB is determined to be bold and transformative and evil, even people-centered, hopefully we can have these conversations and, and, and be able to influence which projects are supported and versus not, especially in light of, you know, these are, this is a development bank and, um, and supported by um, the citizens and, and the tax that we pay. 
I'm going to take a quick break and then when we come back, uh, we'll wrap it up. And maybe when we come back, we can look at the big conversation on uh, what we want to see in the next few months uh, before that uh, BRICS uh, gathering uh, that is going to be chaired by uh, South Africa this year. Uh, What do we want to see at that particular gathering? And uh, South Africa being uh, uh, the uh, home of the Africa Regional Center, how important is that uh, meeting? going to be and on what role will South Africa play in that let's take a quick break we'll be back with our guests after this Channel Africa has good news for you we have extended our reach if you have an iPad or iPhone download the Channel Africa iOS app at itunes.apple.com if you have a cell phone then get our Android app at Google Store get the latest news from Africa Get the Channel Africa app. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective. Channel Africa, giving you the African perspective. Thank you for joining us on our various platforms. Remember, you can be part of the Channel Africa uh, Twitter family. We on uh, our, our Twitter handle is at uh, Channel Africa One. It's the numeric one at Channel Africa One or at African Dialogue is our other handle. Remember, you also on Facebook. Our Facebook page is simply titled Channel Africa, so we can make the circle bigger and you can become a part of uh, the Channel Africa family on those various platforms. You're listening to African Dialogue right now with me, Benjamin Moshatama, where we look at uh, big stories on the African continent and uh, we have uh, key players to discuss these particular issues. Well, let's wrap up uh, this conversation and uh, let me start with you, Namtla, since I haven't heard your voice for a while now. Namtla, in terms of uh, we've got BRICS coming uh, in a few months, the BRICS gathering that will be taking place in South Africa. With the conversation that we've been happening around the new uh, development bank, what are the um, kind of positioning should we uh, place ourselves on as South Africa, uh, especially with uh, uh, the Africa Regional Center being based here in Johannesburg in terms of making sure that uh, we're not just having a talk shop once again, but this is uh, an an implementation stage where we're entrenching real things that are going to implement Africans. They're going to impact Africans rather. Right. Um, Thank you so much. Um, So I'll highlight three very, very quick things. First of all, the Africa Regional Center is in South Africa. This is the first meeting of a BRICS that is going to be held on the African continent. The BRICS strategy itself talks about the fact that the Development Bank will not only benefit the BRICS countries, but other developing countries. And I think one of the things that would be incredible is, is if the South African constituency, government, civil society, business, were to come together at BRICS with a very strong message around how the new development bank can actually finance very specific activities Africa-wide. We know that the infrastructure gap in Africa is huge and the Africa infrastructure program is in dire need of resources. And I think that if there was a clear commitment of which 
in which programs in the energy sector, in the transport sector, that are actually not just supporting South Africa, but supporting Africa, so that we can start to see this emergence and realization of Africa as a new emerging continent. That's the first thing. The second thing, I think, an agreement around a clear, transparent system, not just of evaluating the impact, assessing the impact of these new projects, but also monitoring their impact going forward. And that agreement should be a multi-stakeholder agreement that involves all of the various stakeholders. And thirdly, I think an agreement around a civil society bank interface in the form of what I made an example of some reference group or advisory team that would make sure that such monitoring actually takes place going forward. So let's fund Africa. Let's make sure there's a clear system of monitoring impact, and let's make sure that there's a platform for multi-stakeholder interface. Can you do better than that, Marianne, in terms of uh, uh, what we can look forward to and what we should be doing uh, before that uh, BRICS gathering? Uh, I think it's going to be in July or so. So just to add to that, um, just in terms of the broad picture, um, for the BRICS, not just for the New Development Bank sure. and the Regional Center. For, mm. for some time, we've been engaging a civil society with DIRCO to call for a civil society formal mechanism mm. called Civil BRICS. So we do have support, and we're hoping um, by DIRCO for this initiative, and there will be a civil BRICS in, in May, but we are hoping that South, South Africa can champion this um, across the BRICS block, because we know the, the engagement in civil society is a very different story for, for other countries of the BRICS, where Brazil and South Africa, you know, there is much more of an open space, but there you know, are some other challenges in the other countries. That's number one. And number two, um, I, have, uh, I have been doing some reading about the, the potential for uh, this coming up BRICS under the South Africa presidency to establish some kind of platform for to promote women's rights. Um, and I guess in particular from the perspective of women's economic empowerment, sure, sure. if that platform can be created under South Africa's presidency with full engagement of civil society pushing, pushing these ideas forward, I think, um, mm. you know, adding to what... Um, which was said by Nakla, mm. um, these other two asks would be uh, really important from our perspective. Uh, Dumisang, I've got one minute left. I'm sure you guys are excited about this gathering. How do you want to position yourselves as the African Regional Center in this uh, upcoming gathering? Look, yeah, we, we, we are excited uh, and, and, and we we. We, we we're looking forward to to to, to the to the to, to the gathering. Obviously, the the Africa agenda is a is a strong agenda that we are we are we are, mm. we are seeking to, to to pursue, and and hopefully when we when we meet in uh, when the summit happens in July, we are hoping the the, the leaders um, of the of the BRICS summit can make a serious commitment to, to to Africa, not only just the commitment but also to say from the bank's perspective. What what specific things that we can work on within mm-hmm. within the region uh, first as in as in, in SADC and, and 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 to grow into into into, into the broader 
continent. So sure. we might we might even have a project which maybe some specific project mm-hmm. uh, are, are, are looked at and discussed upon at that level so that the bank can then be mandated to to, to, to support them. But we are we are excited about that. Well, and, that's a f- and the issues sure. that have been raised by sure. by the colleagues uh, are we are we are all issues that we are. Well, thank you so much, Tumisang. I'm going to take you on board as well because I'd love to visit uh, the center in itself. So maybe we'll give you a call and maybe we'll facilitate something and uh, uh, do something together. Thank you as well to uh, Mariana Bunaventura Goldman. Marianne, am I saying your surname co- correctly? One hundred percent. Thank you. <laughs> I tried. I tried. Thank you as well to Namsa Nigi, who is joining us uh, from African Monitor. Marianne is from Oxfam. And, Thank uh, you so much, Sure. And uh, uh, just uh, to remind you that Dumisang is from uh, the New Development Bank's African Regional.